previously on the Twistcast. Last time, we celebrated Hispanic Heritage Month by taking a look at some Hispanic characters in both Marvel and DC universes, as well as some of the creators that brought them to life. So it was fun. It was another episode that I got to run. So, of course, either I you're welcome s- or you're sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to sit back and relax and let Jesse work his magic. And magical friends, it was. And I got to talk some Spanish. Yeah, you did. However you did. poorly it may have come out. I, I don't know. We haven't gotten any angry emails, so that's mm. better Look, than nothing. I'm not saying I'm fluent, but I know enough. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I still grew up in America, like it's not gonna be perfect. <laughs> uh, anyway. Welcome friends to this episode of the Twist Cast. I am Mike. I'm Jesse. And uh, rounding out X-Men bring back a friend of the pod red hello i'm back we're talking x-men you have struck gold yeah, sure have i'm Good, excited because i am an empty mind in this case yeah you're, <laughs> you ain't getting you're, that in me <laughs> you're gonna get to to weigh in on some stuff i mean you're still gonna have some fun jess you yeah be, uh, yeah a complete bystander I better <laughs> uh-oh otherwise what, what am i doing in? here <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, so uh, what we're going to do tonight, uh, rather on this episode, tonight is relevant only for us doing the show in real time, uh, is... It's all relative. It's just, it's just relativity. Just just go with the flow, man. Time has no meaning. Exactly. It's what I, I was saying. So we're going to do our news, and then we have some really fun stuff uh, planned for you on this episode. So I'm going to go ahead and jump in with the news, and spoiler, there's not a lot of news tonight, which is kind of refreshing for your boy <laughs> starting off with comics nothing no, the rarity is that a good or a bad thing <laughs> no that's a good thing because most of, most of the articles that i read were just all like spoilers mm. for comics that had just come out and previews of stuff coming out so it was just like it's not news it's not, that's good at least I'll, at least there's no delays dc mm-hmm. <laughs> So we're just gonna skip over that and go straight to Worlds of DC. I'm gonna get this early. Uh, uh, this early. Uh, worlds. Uh, worlds. By the way, I'm putting the effect on that entire thing. <laughs> oh god, I gotta do this early. <laughs> Usually, at more prep time. Uh, you usually do. Not today. No, not on this episode. On this. On this episode, we'll sit tonight. Uh, so first off, we have Madeline Zima, who was in Twin Peaks has been cast as Casey Brinke, a.k.a. Space Case, in Doom Patrol Season 4. Yes! Mm -hmm. Alright. And then, surprisingly, Jess, finally, (laughs) The Flash Season 9 has a Captain Boomerang. Wait, have we not before? We have not had a Captain Boomerang on The Flash. I know. Don't try and stress your brain over it. How? We've, We've had... Got a Captain Cold or Mirror Master. Yeah, we've had Mirror Master before. The guy who was super simple to put in a costume and go, eh. <laughs> we got Captain Boomerang in DC movies before we got him in The Flash. Uh-huh. It's like one of his main rogues. Yeah. What got him doing? in a whole movie and then killed him in the next one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Are you sure we never got him? Positive. It's a boomerang. He throws boomerangs. No, we haven't got him yet. What the fuck? 
okay, uh, sure. I guess better late than never. <laughs> I guess. Whatever. <laughs> is what it is. Uh, and anyway, uh, it's a guy named Richard Harmon who was cast. Uh, I don't know where he's from. But good on you, kid. Get to be in the final season of The Flash. Get to be on a sinking ship. <laughs> and they just brought you on as it's, as it's on its way out. Anyway, moving on to Multiversal MCU and all their TV stuff. Uh, first off, we have four new Marvel Studios release dates uh, following Secret Wars. February 13th, 2026. May 1st, 2026. July 24th, 2026. And November 6th, 2026. So you're, you're dropping four movies in one year. That's That's a lot. It's also four years from now, so like that, the, that's that meaningless. <laughs> but but is it though? We none of us might. <laughs> with, yeah, exactly. with with production, you don't have four years unless you've already started making them. And based off of some of the stuff that I'm about to tell you, it's not started. <laughs> yeah, right. so I, I don't I don't trust any of those dates. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, these movies don't even have names, let alone scripts or anybody freaking attached. Like. They're yeah. too far out. Yeah, it's a long time. Uh, all right, so Fantastic Four has uh, obtained writers in Jeff Kaplan and Ian Springer. Yes. So, <laughs> I just want I just want it to be right now. I just want it to be now. <laughs> I want this. Fantastic Four is like very important to me, so I like I definitely want it to be the right vision with the right tone. I feel like the amount of attention they've been giving it they know that a lot of people want this movie to be done right especially after two failed attempts so they are i feel like going to take their time and make sure that it is the best that it can be i feel like this is one property that we can probably expect to be all right moving forward the rest it's all in the air still but that one i, I feel like we can have a little more faith in how are you feeling about fantastic four red uh i'm loving it i'm loving the fact that this is uh somebody's second imdb credit uh <laughs> it's it's good stuff twitter had a great day with that when i saw it i was like oh awesome uh-huh uh, well, but look, so listen you could have it man if you got it you got it chloe zhao had never like had done maybe four things worth an imdb credit because mm -hmm. she did all of her things in asia where mm -hmm. imdb doesn't matter so that's not to say the chops aren't there yeah, experience is experience. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. So as the movie is being written, it looks like they're they're starting to look for casts now, uh, which is important. Uh, I know John Krasinski. I was about to say a lot of people want John Krasinski and John Krasinski. <laughs> what do you mean want? He's there. He's in a movie. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't think they're. The guy's go spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Uh, I know also that uh, he's he said like yeah man I'm in like I'll do it I'll all you gotta do is ask and I'll be there so yeah I mean like it's not like someone didn't ask he's like Kevin Feige touched him on the shoulder and he's like hey you want money <laughs> <laughs> sure do love money you 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 want to wear that blue suit but kind of different but again <laughs> that he wasn't even actually wearing a suit it was a mo it was all mocap perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Do you want to wear the mocap suit? Gently different, but again? 
<laughs> yeah, let's go. Uh, yeah, John Krasinski, like, just that look for Reed Richards was perfect. 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 My guy's got to be salt and pepper or I'm not having any of it. Yeah, it was just like, and, the, the, and it was the beard. It was the beard for me. Like, Reed Richards with, with no beard. Yeah, okay, I get it. Kind of a classic look, but with the beard, it just crushes. Just crushes. If we're doing this right, we see him pre-beard and then event happen and has beard and keeps beard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we're going to be short a beard man from Thor. What I'm going to say is that John Krasinski's Reed Richards with a beard. Yes, please. (laughs) Look, we're not short anybody with beard from Thor because uh, we get Hercules eventually. And Hercules will rock a beard. Full on beard. But he's got to show up again. That's the problem. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, these things happen. Okay, so Marvel has reportedly greenlit a second season of Miss Marvel, which good. I think is a good thing. Yeah. I, think it, I think it was it's an great. awesome show. Uh, I think we had you on right before we talked about it, Red. Uh, so I, I know you, you got to enjoy it a little bit. Uh, so that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I loved Miss Marvel. It was one of those shows, like, I walked out of Thor not enjoying it. I came back home, watched the episode of Ms. Marvel where they do the time travel. Mm. Mm. Oh, man, it was such a good And episode. I'm like, oh, perfect. This is what I'm supposed to feel like. You're right. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I keep coming back. You got yeah. it. <laughs> Harder hard to get those little dopamine hits uh, from this mm. stuff. Unless you, unless, you know, you do stuff right. Which... Anyway, uh, <laughs> Eugene uh, Cordero from Loki, who I believe was the... Uh, so remember the guy at the desk where he found all the Infinity Gems? Yes. <laughs> He's apparently been up to a series regular, so we'll see more of him. Sure. Okay, cool. Oh, oh, the, the trailer of Loki Season 2 uh, got leaked online. Uh, oh, did it? 23 It did. I didn't watch it, but it, yeah. I, I I've watched it, it five times. It's great stuff. <laughs> I, I don't understand why like D23 happened and they didn't just like push everything out like a week later. I, I understand for like the special features and stuff where they show like scenes and stuff for the movies. Like I get that, that that's fine. But like the trailers, trailers like that's something. Trailers that up. are done and yeah. they probably won't fix and they'll just put it later and just change the thing on the end going, here's the release date. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't know. Disney, you do you, I guess. Can't tell them nothing. They own... Um, half of the world at this point so no you can't so uh it, it looks like in armor wars that thing that we forgot about and I then disney uh, forgot about disney and then had to be gently reminded about <laughs> yeah so it looks like there's going to be multiple uh war machine suits good uh so kind of, kind of I, I kind of assumed that with a name like armor wars that it, there would be <laughs> It's also kind of tough because we got to see Tony over years and like just constantly got new suits. And like it's, it's half the fun of like the armored characters. It's like, oh, what kind of upgrades can you make? Like, how yeah. can you change the look? It's stealth suit? Oh, it's badass. Like, stuff like that. It's fun. That's one of the things I loved about Iron Man 3 was at the end where you had the house party protocol. You got to see all the different suits that he had been signing and stuff just come to combat. Like, it was so cool to watch them all. Yeah, there's no way that 
you know what, between the government and Tony's uh, on again, off again, uh, dick riding with the government, you know, there there was multiple suits to start. This is not news. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course, of course. The confirmation is kind of nice, though, depending oh, yeah. on when that show comes out. Like 2026. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just said they really stayed earlier. Uh, Eldon Henson is returning as Foggy Nelson for Daredevil Born Again. Okay. Another. uh, Perfect. That's good. They work well together. Yeah, sure did. Uh, I'm just curious about how they're going to do that story. Uh, We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I hope it's good. Uh, And Jess. This is going to be your oh, favorite God. piece of news for the, for the oh, night. Oh, God. Is it Madam Web? You can't wait. No. Is it Craven? Mm-mm. Is it the Bad Buddy movie? No. <laughs> it's not a Sony project at all. Oh, okay. New Mutants begins streaming no. on Disney Plus Friday, October 14th. Let's go. <laughs> oh, God. If you could see his face right now, you'd see unbridled joy. So, Jesse, what if I told you that since day one, since that movie came onto streaming platforms, it's been available in Canada? I mean, this is available. It was available. We watch it. Was it HBO or it was on HBO Max? Yeah, yeah, it was on HBO Max for some reason. For yeah, it's a, been on a while. The Canadian then... version of Disney Plus the whole time. Really? But, but, yeah. <sighs> VPN, y'all get a VPN. <laughs> No, do not this get a episode, VPN. Do not watch that not, movie. Not, this, not, this episode not sponsored by NordVPN. <laughs> but we can be. We should, yeah, pay me. I'll, I'll say whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> finally, uh, within reason, within reason. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a whore, but I do have standards. Uh, video games, finally here. Spider-Gwen arrives in, ch- in Fortnite Chapter 3. Jess, I know you're excited to play. My guy's a victory royale master over there. His face is just so disinterested. My guy sings chug jug. That's what he does all day long. <laughs> uh, for a while, that song was on repeat in my house. It was terrible. And that, friends, is... <laughs> One more thing, actually, I think just dropped today. Um Spider-Man Miles Morales, which was a PS exclusive up to this point, is coming to Steam later this year. Oh, uh, yeah, sometime yeah. sometime this fall. Uh, I think they just officially announced that today. Nice. Or like yesterday or something. Um, so if you've never played it, you've only been a PC gamer. Hey, there you go. I cannot that game. wait for the modding community to grab that game by the testicles. So I love so. what they've already done with the original, where they modded in um, Stan Lee. <laughs> I've seen the Stanley. Yes. I've also seen a Wolverine. And a I've Phantom. seen a Kermit the Frog. I've seen the oh my god, the Kermit the Frog is like somebody cut like a cinematic it's trilogy god together with Kermit. God dear. And I was I was in love. I like there's something wrong with me for enjoying that as much as I did. And it was glorious. So there was another thing, another model that I just saw yesterday that if you're into VR someone made a first person vr mod of it and oh my god that looks so nauseating i i just saw oh that my well. god flipping in vr through the air it looks awesome but at the same time you gotta have an iron strong stomach for that yeah i was watching i was watching it and i think it was tagged with like how long can you watch this without turning away and i was like oh i was like oh why and then i started watching i was like oh never mind god 
I don't get nauseous. I don't get nauseous like that. Uh, but man, man, it was wild. Yeah, if you have Spider-Man on PC, you have a good enough computer to do some VR, and you want to download a mod, have at it. Yeah, You'll probably have a great time. Yeah, they, they, for about two hours until you throw it. Yeah, well, I would probably Dude. say probably about a few minutes, but two hours. Oof. Iron stomach over there. I want to show off, Red. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that friends will be your news. Hello, I'm Anthony, and I'm Doctor Issues. And we're the hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health evaluation of comic book characters. We also chat with some of your favorite creators. Al Ewing. Erica Schultz. Gail Simone. Philip Kennedy Johnson. Chris Claremont. About their work on comics. So check out all our episodes at capesonthecouch.com and follow us at Capes on the Couch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hashtag, Hashtag because, because Comics. comics. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Okay, so now we're going to do a character breakdown on a character. Uh, Jesse, why don't you take it away? Sure. So to kind of coincide with our X-Men month, we're doing another X-Men character, Shocker. Um, no, that's a Spider-Man no, villain. Not, not Shocker. It's a Shocker. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Oh, no, that's a sex X. Wait. Nope. Yeah, I think I read that in Sex Criminals. Hang on. Still comics. <laughs> you may have. It, it might be in that book. I don't remember it explicitly, but it might be there. Sorry, I'm ruining So this. anyway, we're doing Caliban. <laughs> you picked Caliban? Yes, I, could, I picked Caliban. Go off. Um, so, well, let's just dive right in. The preamble's already been ruined, whatever. <laughs> All right, so unlike most mutants up to this point, when Caliban was born, he was very clearly a mutant due to his unhuman-like appearance. He had albino skin, yellow eyes. He didn't look like the generic human that you would expect. Uh, he was shunned by many people in his life, including his father. Uh, because of this shunning, he was eventually recruited by Callisto to locate other mutants and ultimately created a group that would come to be known as the Morlocks, which are a group of mutants that live beneath the streets of New York City. So after a little thing called the Morlock Mutant Massacre, Caliban, having no place to turn, lived at the X-Factor headquarters for a bit, eventually joining the team and helping to save Richter from a group called the Right listen to the last week's breakdown if you want a little more information on that the alt right it's just, <laughs> it's just called the right <laughs> with a capital r Got it. Yeah. You read, read into it however you want yeah it's like calling them the cons yeah, yeah, yeah i get it look there's there's already enough parallels between you know you know uh, so harboring vengeance toward the Marauders for the massacre, Caliban eventually gets turned into a horseman of the apocalypse twice, once as death and once as pestilence by apocalypse. And honestly, there's just so much more. We just don't have time to get into at this point that you just go look into it a little bit more. <laughs> uh, so Caliban's primary mutant ability is essentially to act as a mutant radar detector. You can detect any mutant within a 25 mile radius of his position. This is the primary reason that more powerful mutants such as Callisto and Apocalypse have shown interest in him. Additionally, 
during stressful situations, his adrenaline spikes, as as you do, and he gets superhuman strength and fear absorption, which is kind of a sick-ass power, uh, <laughs> allowing him to remove and disseminate fear to those surrounding him. These powers both disappear as adrenaline leaves his system. So Caliban's first appearance was in Uncanny X-Men, uh, in 1981. His story really takes off, though, during the events of the Mutant Massacre, the story you just mentioned earlier, crossover event from 1986 that sees Caliban eventually join the X-Force and set up his motives for many years to come. Beginning with X-Factor number 24 in 88, Caliban aligns himself with Apocalypse, becoming the Horseman Death. After more comic shenanigans, because we got a time jump in here, he rejoins uh, X-Force and X-Factor number 44 in, in 1995. Jess, I'm sure you did a little a little looking as you were doing research. Did you find out more about Morlocks? I found not so much with the Morlocks themselves, because I was focusing on Caliban more than looking at the Morlocks as a whole. Um but yeah, they're, <laughs> they're they're an interesting bunch. They're a motley crew. As yes, um, as I kind of Mike was trying to explain it to me a few weeks ago, what a Morlock was because I had never heard the term. I was like, I don't know what the hell that means. So as he was describing it a little bit, I came up with an app description. If you are a Futurama fan at all, they are like the mutants in Futurama. Like they are the ones that live under the sewers and are clearly physically different from your standard average human. Um, they're a very interesting group. Um, they have their own little society. It's that was then massacred by people. Yeah, because yeah. you know humans are. So is that bad. the sixteenth or eighteenth uh, 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 Holocaust for the mutants? <laughs> Dude, it's it's so messy. Like one one year, I'm gonna probably do like a just a full timeline, genocide. A, t- a timeline of. Uh, <laughs> like mutantum starts, mutantum stops, mutantum starts, mutantum Jesus. stops. Like we'll be we'll do it for hours. We'll be here for literal hours. <laughs> Jesus, if there's right. one thing I know about X Men, it's it is a fucking shit show when it comes to a timeline because <laughs> it just keeps it goes and then it goes back on itself and then it branches and then it goes back on itself to the original timeline and branches again to a new timeline and. Ugh. Oh. Oh, wait till we get to a, a story I'm going to talk about later. <laughs> you, oh, you'll enjoy. All right, so that's Caliban. Hey, everybody. Sam here from the Twisted Cape. If you haven't already done so, be sure to check out the Twisted Cape's T Public page, which we have live right now for you to purchase any and all of your clothing needs with Twisted Cape logos on them. We got shirts, socks, maybe. Wow. We got other shirts with hoods on them, and they have longer sleeves. So warm. We got everything you could ever want with Twisted Cape logos on them. So, again, please be sure to check out the Twisted Cape's Public page. Check out the link in the description, and be sure to pick up your favorite stuff right now. Thanks, everybody. Now, we're going to talk about some X-Men. Some obscure X-Men, some underrated X-Men. And Jess, what we're going to do is describe them to you. Okay. Right? And you're going to just basically tell us whether or not you'd be interested in finding out more about that character. And then your homework friend will be to pick one of these characters and move forward. 
All right. At some point. Okay. At some point. So yeah, I have a get. We have a guest. Red. Uh, it's been great so far. Why don't you start with your obscure slash underrated X Men? It's Thunderbird. Oh. Okay, I like the name already. Okay, so he is uh, Native American. Mm-hmm. Okay, and was part of the second generation of X Men that uh, was in the same team as Storm there for a while. Okay. However, you may have hooked him with the storm thing. <laughs> However, okay, because of his heritage in Marvel not wanting to play with all of that and not knowing really how to do that until the modern age, Thunderbird started appearing in The Gifted. Anybody remember that X-Men show? Oh my god, I forgot about that. Okay, hang on to that. I'm gonna reference okay. three more characters from that fucking show. Okay. <laughs> Because I was like, okay, obscure Marvel characters. <gasps> the show nobody remembers. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Instant. Tick boxes. Okay. So he is absolutely super resilient. Um, you will know him mostly from the family guy means of where he makes himself big and takes the frisbee off Peter Griffin's roof. Oh. <laughs> okay. So even though you're not consciously aware of this character, you know who this is. He is John Proudstar. I have a theory that he shows up in Echo. Oh. You care to say more about this theory? Yeah. So because this entire series, in fact, uh, where I live, they were doing lots of casting for this show for uh, Aboriginal actors. John Proudstar, well, maybe not Thunderbird quite yet, a character by the name of John Proudstar will rear his head. And we will have a first of, you know, uh, it won't be a Rasputin. It won't be, you know, a storm. It will be Proud Star. Hmm. Like it. Like it. All right. All right. Uh, That's a good pick. I think I might have Jesse with this one, though. Okay. Yeah. So there is a character whose name is Heather Tucker, and she goes by Tempo. Okay. Tempo is pretty cool because she can manipulate time. She can slow or stop or speed up herself and or her teammates uh, just within within time period. So imagine just kind of in a fight and she just goes, you know what? I'm going to slow you down for a second. I'm just going to keep moving at regular pace and do what I'm going to do. So she can manipulate time. If you're in a fight, she can slow things down to a crawl. She can speed things up. If you want to get yourself out of a situation, however, it is a strain for her. Like a, a lot of things that happen with a lot of mutants is sometimes their powers when used are an issue. That'll come up again in a, another character that I have. Um, but time manipulation is just, it's OP at times. Like it's, it's just unbelievable. Uh, so I figure you may enjoy that a little bit. Uh, Red, why don't you go ahead, bud? Do you happen to like Cyclops? Yes. Do you happen to like Havoc? Sure. Let me introduce you to the other, other, other Summer's brother, (laughs) Adam X. Okay. Created in the middle of 90s Edge. Oh, God. (laughs) Only, Only related shares a mother with the other other Summers brothers. 
Hey. Sorry, I, I love this joke a lot. Oh, okay. What can this one do? <laughs> uh, he, uh, let's see, if I remember right, he has his blood burns. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> and he's incredibly pointy. And the only reason he exists is because uh, Daken, who is a space <laughs> alien from God knows where, because it's the Marvel Universe, <laughs> wanted to involve the X gene into his lineage. And so grabbed the mother of the Summers. Jesse's dying. And, and, You've killed and him. Had, yeah, that's great. And had his way with her and created Adam X in a, tw- in a test tube. Okay. Adam X would then be called to Earth by, and I will save that for my next pick. All right, cool, cool. <laughs> Him bloodburn. Yeah. What? <laughs> that is the single worst mutant I've ever heard of. And there's fucking Dazzler on my list at one point. It's worse than Dazzler. <laughs> yeah, but Dazzler was was in a movie. Guess how long it's gonna take us to get to Adam X? <laughs> uh, never. Uh, if we're if we're <sighs> smart. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, move on to another mutant uh, who I hold near and dear to my heart. Uh, I'm going to tell you, Jess, about Cipher. <gasps> Yes. Cypher. Name sounds familiar, but okay, go for it. <laughs> Cypher is really, really cool. So he has um, an intuitive ability to translate languages. Ooh. Like either spoken, written. Oh, yeah, I know of him. Yeah. Regardless of origin, um, even at, even as things like grow later, body language. Like one of the things that makes him so special is that he can... He can translate anything. So fitting that when he finally meets someone whose language he cannot translate in or understand, he marries her. Uh, (laughs) So that happens in a storyline we're going to talk about later. Uh, It's Ten of Swords. Um, But yeah, he his abilities are absolutely insane um, when it comes to just learning and translating languages and it's not you know it can go from computer language to spoken um so yeah i I think it's a very very neat very cool underrated type power that is cool i love languages so and doug is a lovable dork i mean (laughs) have you met me (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) we do a show together (laughs) All right, Red, take it away with your follow-up. <laughs> Adam X. Okay. So, our good buddy, Adam X, our pointy brother, if you will. Hold on, I, look a, I need to look at a picture of this guy. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, him pointy. Why is he so pointy? He, he was created in the 90s. 1990s. <laughs> yeah. God, okay. Our pointy brother. Yes. Yeah, our pointy brother was called to Earth <laughs> by a mutant named Martin Strong. Okay, it's a very whose mutant ability name, right? Okay, this is my last silly one, and then we'll do some serious ones. Okay, okay. um, 
whose mutant ability gave him an incredible mind. Like my guy, you know, does math problems for fun, you know, studies physics, studies astronomics, whatever. Okay. While leaving his body with fins instead of hands and feet. Okay. Any reason my why? Guy's hands, uh, because that's his mutant power. And then his wife <laughs> left him. <laughs> Karen took the kids and she left. Is it his other mutant power is divorce? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I, I almost spoiled She-Hulk from this week. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I shut my mouth. So, because he got his other mutant power was divorced, he built himself a, a body with some digis. What? <laughs> Using his fins, slapping around, he built himself a body. That just raises so many questions. And if the Marvel Wiki had answers for you, I would provide them. But it oh would you would you because I think it's more fun to not provide the answers if we're being honest. <laughs> Listen, part of Adam X's uh reason for coming to Earth is canonically, and I kid you fucking not for some reason. <laughs> it is in panel, therefore it's on the Marvel Wiki. Uh-huh. There is no reason. There's, there's no reason, no real reason. This is the delight. He came for no reason. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Love you, Jerome. <laughs> All right. Uh, I am going to talk about long shot. Uh, uh, excellent. All right. That's, yeah, go ahead. All right. So uh, I know how jess feels about domino yeah so i figure mm-hmm. long shot would be right up there so uh long shot has access to probabilities and luck he's very lucky um but there's some weird stuff going on there he, he's uh, a mutant of course <laughs> he was created through genetic engineering okay so just like adam X. that's like half the mutants <laughs> mm-hmm. so he has hollow bones like a like a fucking goose like bird <laughs> Like a goose, like a silly goose. <laughs> he has uh, three three fingers and an opposable thumb on each hand, so he only he only has four digits. Uh, he has leather like skin, and uh, here's here's the thing that really sent me when I read it: two hearts. He has two hearts. Uh, but why? I mean, sure. I mean, I guess if you're lucky, you only really if you get hit in one, your other one is still there. Yeah, but like the amount of energy your body would expend to pump two hearts, it's not worth it. <laughs> okay. How not. did you know? How did you know I am a fanatic with a certain other fictional character with two hearts? I did not. Oh, what character? Doctor Who. I've never watched a single Doctor Who episode. The doctor is like has two hearts. Yeah. He, he does have two hearts. Well, hmm. they have two hearts. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'm, so I'm I know exactly to... what that sounds like. I'm interested to start that series. I just haven't done it yet. It's a commitment. That's <laughs> what I what I've been told. And the first season can be a little bit of a slog to get through. But anyway, this is not about Doctor Who. Sure, sure, it is. But when you do that one, oh, I'm so your good. boy. I don't even know that we'll do that on the show, but I will gladly go on any show. 
to talk about stuff that I've watched. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so he is he has incredible superhuman uh, acrobatics. Um, he can evade Spider Man's lows, which can tell you something about yeah. speed. Um, so yeah, uh, long shots kind of a nut. Um, but I feel like just being just so different and and luck based. That I felt like uh, you might want to know about. Okay. All right. Uh, Red, go ahead. Okay. Let me introduce you to the entire reason that uh, I pitched me being on this episode in the first place. Okay. My favorite obscure X-Men of all time. Oh, God. Showing up in The Gifted and Days of Futures Past. Ooh. Blink. I know who it is. I was gonna say, what am I saying ooh for? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I am in love with characters from the age of apocalypse time because they're all pointy. They've got weird <laughs> gross powers. One of them is named Maggot. We might get there. We might get there. <laughs> okay. So while she exists in the Krakoan age, uh, she's more of a background character. But her age of apocalypse counterpart, significantly more interesting. Mike, do you know what? Can you explain and like real shortly what the age of apocalypse is? Um, so age of apocalypse is like peak nineties in in ways. You're goddamn right, it is. <laughs> uh, but it's also super fucking rad. Like I, we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. So I don't really want to talk about it too much now. I get you. I get you. Um, but if you like Apocalypse as a villain and you're into the concept of the Four Horsemen, um, yeah, it, you'll 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 be in. You'll be in. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to shoot my my AOA, AOA load right now. You know. Okay. We'll understood. Now. Okay. So we'll we'll go into how the Age of Apocalypse and all of that comes to be when we circle back around. Yeah. Okay. But note that Blink. Because she is a little bit of a background character, she gets to pop between realities because of her powers. Now, you may remember from Days of Futures Past, she throws these, she throws these daggers and it's portals places. <laughs> In The Gifted, she is literally pulling apart reality. Ooh, I do remember that. With as much strength as she can. And part of her storyline and part of her development is how she can do it Again, because after the first fight, it kind of she stumbles. Yeah, she can't do it anymore. And every time she tries to put something through it, it cuts it flipping in half. So she is played by Jamie Chung in The Gifted, oh, and yeah, okay. Fun Bing Bing in Days of Futures Past. Yeah, she's she, my favorite pink lady. <laughs> she she's a badass. She's a badass. Uh, okay, uh, so. For me, I picked a, a Morlock next. Okay. I went with Marrow. So Marrow is a character I first learned about by reading, uh, of all things, Spider-Man. And I, I see this, this character with like bones jutting out of their skin. And Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> they... Uh, she's, she's basically breaking it off and like regrowing it. And I was like, what is happening? Oh, oh no. Oh uh, no. So obviously, you know, she's she's a warlock because that's 
horrifying to look but at. That's Warlock, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So her mutant ability is the ability to enhance the growth of her skeletal structure. So it's the the reason she's got like protruding bones and stuff like that is because it was uncontrollable basically at first. Um, and you know she has a, she has a healing factor and all that kind of stuff because you know bones jutting through your skin you probably need a little something. I would hope so. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know she's she's pretty dense and pretty strong um, compared to like a normal body, but outside of that she's just like like she in addition to just being kind of freakish to look at she's kind of an absolute badass like she doesn't doesn't take shit from anybody um you know there's times where she will lead the morlocks um she's just she's super cool and she like uses her powers in interesting ways like she can make like like almost brass knucks out of her out of the, the bones or projectiles or spears or uh, like you break something off and use it almost like a sword. Uh, so she, she's just really cool in that way. But like just at description, you're just like, what is happening here and why? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at some pictures right now. And <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> no, thank you, please. <laughs> All right. We'll do two more each. Red, come strong with your last two. Okay, so my my one that I really want to suggest that you go pick up uh, was a part of the team of an X-Force team, was part of the correctly and awesomely named, but mostly forgotten, team of Ecstatics. <laughs> God, why okay. are there so many X-teams? Dude, they're making more. They're oh, making God. more. God. Yeah. Sabretooth and the Exiles, we'll get there. Okay, is known as everyone's favorite talking blob. <laughs> it's dupe. Yes. yes, dupe. I did see that name earlier in my research. And I was just like, I almost kind of want to do a breakdown of this guy. Google but I'm gonna... sure if you have not. My guy is green booger to the extreme. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's a but mutant slimer, essentially. He is. He is the genuine, uh, like, um, like when you're writing novels, you use the term butt monkey. And this and he is the X-Men's butt monkey. So he is the slimer of that age. He is everything like that. Just... Right? He's but the interesting thing about dupe is every writer that that has ever written dupe, they all use the same language. Dupe has a very specific language <laughs> that fans and also future writers have made the cipher for. <laughs> Oh yeah, this one of these pictures is the dupe translator. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> we made that. We as fans made that, and every writer, as they write dupe, Use uses that. the same one, which is pretty dope. It's pretty dope. I kind of love him. Uh, okay, uh, so one of my characters, one of my final two, will be one that I talked about in the first episode of uh x-men month armor uh hisako ichiki um so she is kind of newer like last like 10 12 years something like that and what she can do is project like uh, a 
large, impenetrable, uh, psionic exoskeleton body armor around herself. Um, and it it gives her a bunch of like boosts to her to her overall stats, right? So strength, reflexes, stamina, endurance, so on and so forth. Um, and it's just it's so cool because of the ways that I've seen her use it um, in in comics. Um, she like the armor can be pierced by like Wolverine's claws, mm-hmm. but that's it. Like can't really go through with any of the rest of him. Like it's it's so neat. Um, there's times where she's used it to just keep herself protected for a very very long time, and she's she's like um, she's a skilled fighter. She's been trained by both Cyclops and Wolverine. Uh, so do not friends sleep on armor. It's my girl. Okay. All right. All right, Red. Last one. Bring it home. Big one here. Okay. The big one. The big one. That That is, uh, I wouldn't say near and dear. Hey, uh, hey, Jesse, how much do you like Professor Xavier? Why? <laughs> just, just curious. He, because... He's cool. He, bit of yeah, okay, ass, cool enough, but he's right? cool. Yeah. 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 You know, right? Recru- yeah. Recruits mutants. Definitely doesn't forget about his long lost son, Legion. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then because of that and his parentage, it drives him mad. And he has um, a different form of DID than Moon Knight. Sure does. And absolutely wrecks havoc. And not that havoc. Pause. Every single time he's introduced, reintroduced into the Marvel Universe. He is the the reason the apocalypse existed. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because have you heard of a little thing called the grandfather paradox? Mm-hmm. So when the, oh, let me get the name right, or my buddy Shino's going to murder me, the Macron crystal mm-hmm. noticed that Legion had killed his own father. That's a problem. A little bit. So solved it. And then Apocalypse took over. Is, is the too long didn't read version. <laughs> I will say I did start watching that show that was on FX. Uh-huh. I liked the first liked first season, kind of fell off the second season, and just never went back and finished it. That show had more than one season. Yes, yeah. oh. I think it had like three total. Oh, sick! Yeah, I could never <laughs> convince anybody to watch it with me, so I just like watched the first two episodes and went, "This is great." Next. Oh, that first season is first so trippy and weird. Aubrey Plaza is amazing. She's such an underrated actress. Yeah, the person who plays Legion. What I really hope they do is they spin him in of some kind because he is canonically the um the son of the professor xavier we know Mm -hmm. yeah i'm like oh oh you lore here oh okay (laughs) didn't you love all of those x-men shows that tried to both be and not be x-men shows yeah Ah, yeah what a mess uh all right finally my last character here uh a mutant named sink now the cool thing about sink is um he has like a bioenergetic aura right so it allows him to duplicate the effect of basically powers any superpowered being in his vicinity so being on a team with x-men you essentially have just a super overpowered character 
kind of like Rogue, but without all the baggage. He can just be near. He, he kind of reminds me of Darwin a little bit. Like okay. I've been thinking about him ever since. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Sync can ju- kind of just be near people and just have their powers. So if he just rolls up on a superpower, like Magneto. If Magneto just decided, hey, I'm going to kill this kid real, real quick. He would have Magneto's powers just by being near him. So he's like, oh, I can just do what you do. No problem. Um, so if he's on a team of just a bunch of badass OP X-Men, Omega A-level level mutants, Omega level mutants, mm-hmm. that's it. Just, it's game over. He can just duplicate all their powers like right now. And their skill body. level. And their skill level. Exactly. He just he takes it almost like at its peak as it is. It's kind of amazing. However, drawback to having those powers that uh, he he now ages almost exponentially as a result of of doing it too much. Um, And I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Like his like it that should burn your battery out. Your 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 internal battery out quick, quick if you're not careful. Uh, <laughs> but can you just imagine just being able to just siphon a little bit off of off of Storm and then Iceman and then Magneto and just all these like OP Omegas and just kind of run wild on a villain. Like, so correct uh, me if I'm wrong, but. I believe in the Krakoan age, okay, mm-hmm. he got reset. So we define reset. As in, uh, right now he can't pull from anybody uh, because when he was reborn, because he died, yeah, um, he got reborn through the whole Krakoan thing that they do. Yeah, um, out of an egg. He, yeah, exactly. Gold balls has a use. You got it. <laughs> Uh, Jess is like, what the hell? Are you Who the fuck is the gold balls? Like, I get it. It's just X Men. The fuck? It's a soap opera, and it's the world's best one. It's suck it, days of our lives. <laughs> no general hospital for you. Exactly. Anyway, so his his powers are kind of reset, and so he has to learn to like pick who he wants one at a time. Yeah. Currently, anyway. Yeah. He's also on his team with North Star, and it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. We've do we talk about North Star? Uh, I think we briefly did during Pride Month. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Oh, he's on the whole gay team. He's got Deken there. Mm-hmm. Wolverine's ha- uh, Wolverine's son. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. Okay, uh, we're gonna move on and play a quick game. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Jesse at the Twisted Cape. We just wanted to take a moment to thank all of you amazing listeners of both the Twistcast and Mike's Thick Stack for your support over all these years. Just a friendly reminder to subscribe to our shows on your favorite podcasting platform because we're everywhere. Also, don't forget to like and rate the Twistcast wherever you listen. We do love our five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. Don't forget to tell us what you like about the show in your review as well. And now, back to the show. Alright, so for this game that we're going to play... I'm going to talk about X-Men video games and Jesse and Red are going to try and guess the year that the video game came out. Guys, are you ready? No, nope. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> All 
So I'm going to start with a a game called X-Men Next Dimension. That sounds like we're talking like PS3 2007 era. 2007, okay. <laughs> okay. Red. So thinking about my Marvel history, okay, so yeah, give me the name again. X-Men Next Dimension. I'm going to say 1999. Ooh. Within three years, Fred, you were just a little closer than Jesse. It came out in 2002. Mm. Oh, 2002. Early 2000s still. Wild. Wild. What All console? Right. Uh, that would have been like PS1, prob- right? Probably GameCube. Yeah. GameCube. PS2. More PS2, than PS2 yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. It, it, may have, it may have been a, a, like a multi-console type. Yeah. Game, yeah. All right. <gasps> <laughs> I can't wait to Go on. X-Men Madness in Murder World. Oh fuck. That sounds like a 90s thing. <laughs> um X-Men Madness in Murder World. We're <laughs> 2005. Oh, I'm gonna say that's like 99. Uh you're both way off, but Jess, what? you were closer. It is 1989. <laughs> you know, at first I was going to go like 92 or something like that, but I'm like, I feel like it's a little too early. <laughs> Available on, uh, I'm guessing that was NES, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, or like DOS it, or something. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this one is is a little tough. X-Men versus Street Fighter. Oh god. I'm sure you I... can guess the era, but it's like picking the right, right year is the yeah. hard part for this one. Okay, X-Men so my... versus Street Fighter. Was this okay, not an arcade so... game? I believe it is. Yeah, I don't have okay, like, hang on, hang on, hang on, to Okay. Read. Let me do some mental math here. Let me <laughs> configure some numbers, you know, round the two up, you know, carry the one. Okay. <laughs> uh we're gonna go 1992. That puts good. it right smack dab in the arcade era. Okay, good guess, good guess. Jesse? X-Men versus Street Fighter. I'm going to go with 99 again, because I feel like it's around that time. We both were like close. Jess was just barely a little closer. It was 1996. Mm. 96. Uh, you wouldn't expect that people were still doing like all the arcade stuff then, but man it's, it's just crazy. but like just though but you got to think of right this the state of marvel at the tail end of the 90s right it was not great no right so they were They're doing if whatever we can they make can. a game out of it we're making games we're making games on games on games on games you know mm-hmm. if it can get us even just a few extra bucks <laughs> yeah if it makes two dollars we're in <laughs> like <laughs> yeah they were they were just trying to just trying to hold on you know you, you use what you got you know all right. Uh, <laughs> so this one shouldn't be too di- too too difficult. It should be close. It's a little more modern. Deadpool. Wasn't that like twenty? No. Twenty sixteen. No, it was earlier than that because it was like on PS three. Um... Oh God! When did the Deadpool game come out? I want to say yeah, it was I'm like changing. I'm changing my answer to. I'm changing my answer to 2014. But it might have been earlier than 2012. I'm going to go with 2012, but I think it was earlier than that. 
Ooh, that's a dead tie because you were both off by one year. It was 2013. Mm. You're that's, that's the closest you've been all night. That's that's phenomenal. I love it. I love to see it. All right. This is going to be a little tough. I'm just warning you now. Mm-hmm. The game is called X-Men. You're a piece of shit. I really am. Don't let anyone tell you differently. Now, now you got to think, okay? It's either a game telling the story of the original X-Men from the 90s, or it's a movie tie-in game from the first movie. I was going to go to 2001. Just because either way, I feel like I'm pretty close. (laughs) I feel like it's either late 90s or early 2000s. I'm going to go with a one. Right? X-Men came out in 2000? Right? The movie? I think so, yeah. The movie? I believe so. Okay. 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 Then I'm going to go the opposite one. Okay. I'm going to go 99. Uh, I mean, you're both way off, but red is closer. 1992. I also would have accepted 1993. I didn't specify what console or arcade or what have you, uh, but there you have it. Okay. Uh huh. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I want to get a good one in here. Uh, some of these are kind of obvious. Uh, are they? Okay. X Men Mutant Wars. X-Men, 2000. Mutant Wars. 2004. I was going to say this either could be like early 90s where they just slapped their name on anything, or this yeah. could be like the mid to late 2000s. Where they again just like stopped their name on anything. No, but also right there is like a treasure trove of like seven X Men games that released between the beginning of the the Xbox era and when the PS3 came out. There's like a handful of really actually good like 3D like movement games, and I just can't remember if this is one of them. So I, si- I don't feel sitting, like that name rings a bell like that. So I'm sitting right in around 2004. All right, you're 2004, Jess. Mutant Wars sounds like it could be shitty. No, hang on. Now, hang on. This could be a sequel to Mutant Massacre from earlier. Hang on. I I was actually thinking going like 90s. I'm going to go like 93. Uh, Red, you're going to be closest. It was 2000 on the nose. Bunker. Uh, (laughs) Very close. All right, I think I'll do two more. Uh, One, I will make pretty easy. And then what I'll make kind of hard. Mm. All right. X2 Wolverine's Revenge. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, now it's just a play. O- what o- year did X2 come out? O2, I think, was that? Yeah. <laughs> when it came out? But, but did the game come out in O2 before. or in O3? Uh-huh. <laughs> or before, even. I'm going to well, stick with O2, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna go O three. O three is it? Dead on. I figured. It, I think movie tie ins usually were a little bit delayed from the movie itself. But it Red tends to be that close. <laughs> All right, uh, last one. It's gonna be tough. Be ready for it. <laughs> X Men Games Masters Legacy. X Men. Games Masters Legacy. I didn't even know about this game. For being honest, mm. I got a question. Sure. 
Uh, no, that's no, that would ruin the game. No, hang on. Because uh, my question was going to be, right? And don't answer it, okay? If it released on mobile. No, I can tell you that no, no. No. I was just going to ask what console <laughs> be a little cheekier. Well, yeah, that would have been much more cheekier. <laughs> but by asking if it released on mobile, that puts it anywhere uh, post 2007. And that's still a lot. Uh, not on I, mobile. So it either didn't release on mobile or mobile didn't exist yet. Well, all right. So I can asterisk this thing for you. Okay. 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 It's not mobile as in phone. It's more oh. probably like a GBA or something. <laughs> that sounds like something that would be on a GBA. 2005. So I'm going to go with like 02 again. All right. You're neither of you is even in the right decade. So I'm going to let you try again. Bitch. We're talking earlier or later. <laughs> Well, definitely not later because it, it well, yeah. you never know. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're gonna go nineteen ninety-four. Okay. Fuck it, eighty-nine. <laughs> Ready were closest, ninety-five. Uh ladies and gentlemen, thank you for playing guess that year with X-Men video games. Oh, so much nonsense. So much nonsense. All right. We're gonna round out this episode uh with one of my probably most favorite segments that we've gotten to do after a very, 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 very long time. Uh, we're going to talk about our favorite or most famous X-Men stories. So Jess, I want you to start with a story that you've heard of that you are like, I kind of want to read that. Days of Future Past. <laughs> okay. That's doesn't it's, get any more seminal than that. Yeah, it is one well, of the maybe like by like two more. Yeah, there are probably some other bigger action stories, but it is one of the big ones. And like the only thing I know about it is the movie, which I love the movie. It was great, but I want to actually read the source material and see what the actual story was like. I like time travel, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like seeing alternate history, stuff like that. So I would love to see the whole Days of Future Past story arc and see how it actually plays out in, in the books. So the funny thing about Days of Future Past is it's incredibly short in the book. It is two issues. That's it. That That's is it. it. Actually, it, at it, least a, like six issues sort of thing. I mean, there's nope. stuff around it. Yeah, there's tie-ins the and stuff. Um, no, not really tie-ins. Really? I mean, there's, there's just stories, continuing stories with the characters around it, but it's it's only like two issues. Huh. Um, you got to think, right? At this time in Marvel, like trades weren't a thing that they were consistently printing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until probably, oh, at max seven years later, where they did the first trade of it and realized how much money they could make. So they were just yeah. telling stories. And this was just a two issue story. And they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, this affected over here, too. <laughs> and like the, by cool the way. thing about it is, like, yes, that dystopian future and timey wimey bullshit that you love but it was just truly something that you're like, you get the look at this world and it feels hopeless. Like, like it's one of the first times I remember reading it and going, Whoa, 
whoa, we better get our shit together. <laughs> you know? Yeah, somebody's summoned the team because we've got to get it going. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Red, how about you? What is one of your favorite stories or one you've always wanted to read? Um, I've always wanted to read the Dark Phoenix saga. Mm. Yes. Because I have never been bold enough to read it. And every time I go to read it, I always remember someone in the back of my head, I forget who it was, who said that the Dark Phoenix saga without a little bit of context is absolutely impenetrable. That's my problem with like a lot of these X-Men stories. Like I want to read these big story events, but with X-Men, there's so much you need to know leading up to it for half the shit. But I found a loophole. Oh. By reading X-Men Grand Design, you get the Dark Phoenix saga. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I have kind of sort of read the Dark Phoenix saga in a very condensed, in a, you know, uh, by the years sort of way. It's good. It's good. I like it. Uh, okay. So for me, um, I'm going to start with Uncanny Avengers. It's not a specific mutant story, but it was after this whole. Um, there's a lot of Avengers, X-Men crossovers like five, seven years ago. No, it's, it's more than that. It's probably like 10, 12 years ago. Um, so they had Axis and they had Avengers versus X-Men. But oh, out, I mean the horrible that, font uh, Axis? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about the trade that's behind me. And it's, just, it's, it's so weird to look at. It, it's so brain-breaking good. a little bit. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so... Uh, the they decided to craft a unity team of both x-men and avengers and it's it's hot like they they get really kind of chippy at times and it doesn't always flow well rogue ends up running the team uh deadpool is in and out of that captain america's on that team it's just like it shouldn't work as well as it did in my opinion i liked it a lot it was just so fun to really kind of get into. Uh, uh, Jess, do you have another one that you're just kind of like, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. The other probably really big one in X-Men history, House of M. Um, uh, mainly Scarlet Witch sort of adventure, but like it involves the X-Men a lot and resets a lot of X-Men stuff. And One changes. would say they're integral to that story. Yes. Uh-huh. Just, just a little bit. Um yeah, it just it changes the whole view of like mutants and X Men and basically ends mutanthood essentially. I know that much, <laughs> but sort of. So for me, uh, House of M really starts with Avengers Disassembled. Okay, uh, that's good to know because <laughs> you have to watch the what they put Wanda through. Yeah. Ah. Okay. All right. And oh. after that, it just House of M just hits so much better in my opinion um and the house of m is just man what a wild story just (laughs) it was not i didn't didn't expect something like that and you just you kind of get enveloped by it and there's just gut punch moments and like there there's really emotional moments as you're reading and it's just one of those first times where i because this is when i was probably the first real event maybe second that I was like reading on like a monthly basis. And it, it, it just, it just absolutely destroyed me at times um, with how absolutely crazy it was. And then it, it became like a Marvel line wide type thing. Mm-hmm. 
and uh you know that was wild and i think yeah, i have it, like all of those in it's, singles it's one that everyone's always like oh my god house of them I'm like okay and then as i've been doing these breakdowns the last few weeks and just seeing brief references to the house of m stuff i'm like this is sounding more interesting like i, I really want to look into this but i just know it's like impossible to just dive into something like this so yeah having a starting point like that is actually really good to know yeah yeah uh red what's your next story okay do you want the next one to be big dumb do you want it to be short serious go short serious save big dumb for last <laughs> you got it okay my short serious one is the trial of gene gray oh man that's huh, what a story good pick right it is gene gray finally facing everybody she hurt as the phoenix and having to take all of it oh jesus <laughs> everyone she ever hurt every planet she ever burned everything and she is st- standing a mock trial because they've already sentenced her yeah yeah it's pretty much already over yeah but they're only doing it because just out of just out of paperwork reason quote unquote justice Uh, yeah yeah like the the (laughs) the weight of her actions like she's not fully in control when she's the phoenix but she's still responsible but kinda yeah but kinda enough yeah (laughs) right enough like there's there's murder on a on a galactic scale yeah essentially that that happens here like we talked about earlier like this is not the first genocide in marvel but damn was it close yeah it it, it was so big it was such a such a huge thing um man good pick very good pick uh for me next i will go with um astonishing x-men um, the one that was written by Joss Whedon and illustrated by John Cassidy. Uh, and the story is called Gifted, that first volume. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, the art is beautiful in ways that I can't I can't accurately describe to you. I'm also kind of a words guy. I, negative. No words, my guy. Mm-hmm it's it's incredible it, it really is and like for any time like that guy did a cover i was like yo i'm buying that i'm buying that because it, it i need it it's beautiful um and that story just kind of recentered the way we looked at x-men for a little bit mm-hmm. um there's a lot of colossus a lot of kitty um it was it was condom suit uh cyclops uh <laughs> You know, it was <laughs> poor red. I'm sorry, that I'm not hurt sorry. Me in my core, <laughs> but I'm not a Cyclops apologist, so he can uh, eat it. <laughs> Get out. Uh, but there's like, there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens in that story. Um, and the way that run like elevates Kitty's status, in my opinion, um, and tortures the the relationship of kitty and cyclops like it's just it it was it was awesome it was awesome it was one of my first experiences sitting down and reading x-men and it was just like dude this is this is awesome and i i love that i did this now i will add the little asterisk onto something written by joss whedon knowing what we know now separating art from artist Uh uh-huh is is something to uh 
a skill to use here and also when you're reading like DC's like Blackest Night because uh-huh. that guy's his own bag of worms <laughs> but just keep in mind that Joss Whedon was at like let's call it the height of his power yeah right he was fresh off doing a whole bunch of stuff and they let him do line wide swaths of reinventing the X-Men yeah it, while it was, was cool art from artist yeah sometimes you gotta learn to draw that line it's not always easy um but in this case i think i was able to also like i was not aware of much of that stuff until after i had read right. it and yep. all that all that kind of stuff so there there we are uh okay jess anything else um you have heard of are interested in i, I saved i saved the heavy hitter for mine i wouldn't mind just reading some old man logan um I feel like it's just an interesting, again, purely basing this off like the Logan movie, which was really good. Um, I would like to just see a little bit more of that fleshed out in the comics and stuff and just kind of see some of the source source material that they pulled from for some of that stuff. I don't know. The thought of seeing this older, more weathered, more tired Logan just going through the bullshit. I don't know. Just seems like it'd be interesting. I would suggest if you're going to uh, add Old Man Logan to your reading list, mm-hmm. throw in Old Man Hawkeye. While it's okay. a newer series, it follows what Hawkeye was doing gently for uh, his story connects with Logan. Okay. Yep. And it's dope as fuck. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will also say that Old Man Logan through some timey-wimey bullshit happens to be in, in main Marvel continuity along the same time that I don't um, like it, but you're right. <laughs> Teenage. There should only be one Wolverine, and suddenly there was five. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, happens to be in continuity the same time as like the teenage, like original five come from the past. So there's this Jeez. weird, weird meeting in the middle, and there's present day. It, it was, you know, X Men in their in their timelines are just. A spaghetti bowl. Yeah. This is this is why you try not to do research on the original five. You just go, oh yeah, I know who Angel is, and then move on. Yeah, <laughs> let it go. Uh, okay, good, good, uh, good pick, good pick. Um, okay, Red, last one. Okay, big and stupid. Okay? Yes. It doesn't get any more big and stupid, and this oh, is exactly God. like this entire episode has been like me going the nineties were awesome but they stunk and they were pointy but they were great you know and nothing no story produced by marvel at the time exemplifies that more than the onslaught saga you know i uh (laughs) i i think i just bought the onslaught no i actually checked it out of my local library by the way kids local libraries are Excellent sources for trade paperbacks. But I want to own the omnibus so fucking badly. Massive. That's fine. Massive. If you drop it on your foot, just just chop your foot off. (laughs) Go to the hospital. You're done. (laughs) Okay. So you have liquid. No longer have bone. Yeah. What happened? I dropped a comic on it. (laughs) Yeah. Onslaught happened, and that's what happens to the Marvel universe, right? So Professor X and all of the shenanigans that's ever happened cracks yeah and he plays sort of double fiddle in this story as the mutant as onslaught but they also hide it this is also the story that we learn that the juggernaut is xavier's brother the juggernaut bitch 
I'm sorry. The juggernaut bitch. That's fine. So then you include Franklin Richards. You include the Avengers. Then this thing takes over the Marvel Universe. And then after it's all said and done, Liefeld takes over as Captain America. The only reason Liefeld got so big of a paycheck was because Marvel was a sinking fucking ship by printing anything that made two cents on the dollar and forked over that much fucking money. Onslaught is the reason for big titty Captain America. Just, just, I'm about to put it in the chat. (laughs) I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. So you gotta look at it. Oh my god, I hope this picture comes through. No, <laughs> it doesn't work. Okay, we'll, we'll do point, a screen share after we're done. The, the best oh. part of this is because he is a consciousness in the Krakoan age, he gets a body. Oh and my god. the after effects of having onslaught mm-hmm. on on planet Earth, along with Magneto and Professor X. Well. On Earth is uh, questionable for Magneto. Yes, okay, point taken. But you're right, he could be on the moon today. You're right, okay? But having, like, the voices in his head be outside of his head, freaky-deaky bullshit. Yeah. The Onslaught Saga is I've never, I've watched videos about, I've learned everything about, but to sit down and watch and just flip pages to just watch the just... What in the consent fuck are you doing, Marvel? <laughs> Onslaught. Onslaught. And the art is just, it is peak. Now. All over the place. Because <laughs> everybody and their mom had a tie in. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like, it's everything about 90s comics that just made me go, wait, why were we so into this? Why, why were is we buying pointy? this? Why are there pouches everywhere? Right? Why are there straps that do literally nothing? Like, I don't, I don't get Why it. Why is Franklin Richards in the middle of Onslaught? And the only way to save them is for everybody to jump into Franklin Richards' like portal thing and reset the whole Marvel universe for a hot second. I kid you not, that's what happens. It's so wild. What? It is so wild. Okay, so for either of you fans of Dragon Ball Z, yeah, I haven't watched. I was younger, maybe. Great, great. Okay, so you know Boo, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The Boo saga, right? He absorbs people. Kind of looks like an ish, sort of, kind of. Okay, I swear to God, somebody was paying attention to what Toriyama was doing, because Onslaught does the same fucking thing when he absorbs other mutants. <laughs> oh my god! Hold on, but that design for Onslaught is pretty fucking rad. Right, fucking awesome. It's pretty. Rad. It's kind of metal. Like it's it's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. Like, and it's the, got and it doesn't deserve to be. No, it really doesn't. Just the bastardization of of the helmet. It's it, it just Jesus. right. This is this is peak image. This is peak DC. Not knowing what the this fuck is, it's doing. This, this is this peak nineties. Everything is. and his head floats and it's still fucking cool. My man's got no neck in the best way. <laughs> no, no, uh, big titty cast in America. I can tell you that shit. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I'm gonna end, uh, this section and, and honestly, the show, uh, with a massive story, a heavy hitter. Alex, if you've been hanging in this entire time, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> 
I'm going to talk about Age of Apocalypse. Yes, this story you are is so big. It's so big and just changes everything uh, for me. Like it changed how I thought about events for a very long time. Uh, first of all, thick, like thick, uh, like it's in, if you're not buying the omnibus, which at this point I would just tell Lord you, Lord help buy. you. Yeah. I, I mean, also go to the gym and, and pump a little bit. Cause you're going to need it to lift that yeah. thing. Um, but it's like four or five volumes of trades and they're not small trades. They're, they're very, very thick. Um, so basically it starts um, where uh, David Haller, AKA Legion decides to go back and kill Magneto, but ends up killing professor X, which is basically the flashpoint for an alternate future. And in this alternate future, apocalypse rules. And just rad, just rad, because they took the opportunity to change a ton of character designs. And while they were also very 90s, they were also pretty fucking cool. Like you got some of the biggest heavy, heavy hitters in art back at that point. Um, Joe Mads, like that guy just like he's he's been doing some avengers and there's a lot of that style in there still uh but amazing chris bacalow steve Epting, uh andy cooper it's just it's you're just getting hit over and over and over again with just incredible art the entire way through and you know the horseman oh my god the horseman you get that change for for uh archangel from angel to archangel and it's just for a long time okay watching like even in the movie that is one thing the movie gets absolutely fucking and nails mm-hmm. the rest of it not so good but no. but establishing the horseman watching angel just like writhe in pain as his just bones become steel uh-huh i met archangel in x-men evolution and that that was angel to me <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's it's so cool the d- the designs like i said are just unbelievable um and the story just it it rocks you dude from start to finish it's just a thrill ride um it's it's deep i just i just had so much fun reading it I, like i i can't i can't put my feelings into words right now but it's just it's clutch one of if not the best in my opinion and uh, genuinely unlike say onslaught for example it stands the test of time yeah like it's deserving of rereads if like if you if you have it and you haven't read it go back and read it and you'll you'll be just as impressed and happy as you know you were the first time you read it whenever the hell that was so good it's it's spawned um, I think I want to say it spawned a sequel, but I don't think this is one that did. But video games, it spawned video games and action figures and statues. Like this is one that they go back to the well on a lot, and with good reason. Um, just amazing. It was it was just unbelievably bold for its time. 
So highly recommend it. Did I skip anything you wanted to say? No. <laughs> so, so Jesse, I know you're not the, the most like well-read in uh, X-Men comics. Mm-hmm. Did we convince you to read any? I did know Age of Apocalypse is one of those ones that like is like major stories. And like when I was looking at a bunch of stuff with Caliban earlier, like he ties directly into all that stuff. And no way everybody ties. Everyone ties. Yeah. That's where that's yeah. where half of my favorite fucking <laughs> mutants come from. So that is one that I would like to read more of. Uh, but that Jean Grey one, the what was it, the trial of Jean Grey? Yeah. That one just sounds heavy. Like I want to read Dark Phoenix and then read that and just like that whole you, thing just sounds again. Just it's it's X Men comics. You're gonna need a hair, uh, because you gotta yeah. remember, right? Dark Phoenix saga, and then after that, then she's dead for a while, and then she comes back, and then she goes on trial. Yeah, I'll just wiki. I'll just get the wiki to tell me a lot of that stuff in between. If I remember correctly, and I don't, I don't have it on hand, um, but I think if you read, um, Dark Phoenix. And then Days of Future Past, because I think Gene dies just before Days of Future Past happens. So you get a little, like, I think the trade picks up with Cyclops basically doing a catch up of everything. Yeah, pissing and moaning about it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. And then Days of Future Past happens. Again, only two issues. And then you get some more stuff in the the back. Um, It's all good. And then move on to Trial of Gene Gray. Um, So that way it's. Yeah, you'd be pretty good. Yeah. It feels deeper that way. You'll get some iconic stories along the way that way. Good to know. Cool. Um, Red, uh, since I didn't do it up top, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me mostly on Twitter. Uh, P-H-S-Y-C-O Red. And that's that's kind of where I kind of live. I chat with all the inner circle guys and we all kind of do our own thing. Uh, I got nothing to promote besides my own Twitter. That's it. Cool. All good. No, that's perfect. Thanks again for for popping in. I know you were excited to come on and talk about Blink for a little bit. Oh, man. She's my girl. (laughs) And you reminded me about The Gifted. I I cannot (laughs) believe I completely forgot about that. Listen, Kay, it's not that bad of a show. It's it's And and I, like, it's, don't get me wrong, Kay, the storytelling of, like, Superman and Lois. Yeah. Right? It's not that. Okay? It's not. But it's also not CW. It's somewhere yeah. it's close to Superman and Lois. Like it's got a story and they take it all seriously and they don't take themselves too seriously. They go, why do you rip apart space time? You know, right. They, but it deals with X-Men who are not X-Men, right? There's no teams. There's no Xavier. There's no Magneto, but there's a Magneto lineage, Magneto lineage. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for episode two. There's, it's just uh like for me, I think I was a little overdone with uh what is the the guy's name that plays Bill Compton in uh, True Blood, who's in The Gifted. He's like the dad. Uh, uh I know I can pull his face, but yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. I was like kind of burnt out on seeing him in and stuff after True Blood. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was a fun show. It was a fun show. It was a fun show. Yeah. Might it it to... wasn't as like tongue in cheek or as like weird and catchy as like uh, Runaways and Cloak and Dagger. It took itself very seriously. It's very dark. <laughs> I think the second season of Cloak and Dagger is kind of darkish. Yep. Like they they got into some very heavy comic-y material, and I was like, oh, I didn't think you were gonna go here. 
uh, with teenagers. <laughs> yeah, but you did. Uh, anyway, uh, we're we're all off in the weeds now. Red, thank you so much for hopping in and hanging out with us. Uh, Jess, on the next episode, we have another creator coming on, and we'll do yes. yet another interview. Yes, we so will. Yeah, we'll bid uh, a fond adieu to uh, to X Men Month and until uh, next year. Till next year, we'll do it again, and we'll do it different. Maybe if I forget how this went, well, uh, Sam should be back by that point. Yeah, I would hope. And then wildly different show. And then we'll do the same exact thing. Just have him included. Then no, we'll you're gonna just, have we'll gonna forget have about red. You're gonna have well, stuff red by then. Yeah, that's what you think. <laughs> I might just come on and just talk about Onslaught for the whole time. You know, like, <laughs> you know, okay, he's an X-Men. He's a mutant. <laughs> Technically. It's, it's fine. The next year when we do this, you can write the character breakdown for Onslaught. <laughs> and we'll just read it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll go straight an episode. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us in this episode of the Twistcast. Until next time, I'm Mike. I'm Jesse. Everybody, stay twisted. Stay twisted.